Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides. That's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I have built to predict various sports outcomes is affectionately known as Sideline. Know more about the model from the course of this episode, set to cover the 10 best college basketball games scheduled to be played on Saturday, February 11th, 2023. In case you're here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickstheprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. See the Google Sheet linked in the show description for sidelines projections on every single game. Remember, this show covers picks on the best games for the best picks on all games. Sign up on Patreon or Blackbook Sports or different packages and price ranges based on your needs. Remember, sports are unpredictable, so the discussion in this show is predicting a typical game, not trying to forecast it to a T, as that would be a foolish and impossible goal. Take a long-term view around here. Don't get distracted when a team can't hit or can't miss from three. These things balance out in the long run and are hard to foresee before they happen. In fact, we'll talk about one of those uh, teams that just had one of those instances playing here on Saturday and how I think it affects Saturday's handicap based off of a previous game where they either could not seem to miss or couldn't hit one or the other. In other words, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say we'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, again, recording this here on Friday afternoon before um, any of the Friday games have happened. Thursday went great. Uh, and I talked about it in yesterday's show, just the, the roller coaster this week seemingly has been. Monday was great. You know, Tuesday, Wednesday, less so. Thursday was great. Hopefully that launches us into a strong weekend here. Uh, got a lot of great games on your Saturday sleep. I believe 152 of them. So just a quick reminder there if you're looking for all the Model A grade plays and or if you're looking for the uh, plays of the day, I'll highlight, you know, three or four different games here on Saturday that I think are the best looks. Uh, check us out over on Patreon. That link is in the crawler. They're also in the show description. But before we get to today's show, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you'll miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned the Patreon. Check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found over there above and beyond what we do here. $3 a month gets you that play of the day. For another $2 a month, you get all the model picks and access to the Discord chat group. The best place to get questions answered about these or other games or other sports or just general sports slash sports betting entertainment. It's a lot of fun over there. And for $5 a month, you get ad-free shows and immediate access to every recommended pick. You also get the shows uploaded right when I finish recording it. As opposed to having to wait till uh, it runs through all of YouTube's fun stuff. So uh, you can get a few hours earlier there if that's something you're interested in. You get patreon.com slash pitch with the professor. Get you more details. But even if you're not there, Still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to it. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Going to start off with the noon Eastern game, West Virginia at Texas. Texas is a five-point favor. I'm going to lay it with the Longhorns here at home. Uh, Y'all know I haven't been a huge fan of this Longhorn team. Faded them successfully earlier in the week against Kansas. That was, of course, just a really bad spot for them, and and, and it showed. I still think they're a really good team. I still kind of stand by. There are six teams at the top of the Big 12, and I really don't know who's where in all of that. You obviously have to consider a, a fully healthy TCU up at the top, but that's not where they are right now. Kansas has kind of looked human, uh, but they're still pretty solid. Kansas State's had some really highs, but they've also had a few lows. You know, just got a bunch of good teams. Bottom line is West Virginia isn't in that group. Then, and, um, you know, Oklahoma State, of course, now Oklahoma State's not fully healthy. Um, and Oklahoma really battling for that 7-8-9 spot in the conference where one of those teams is going to make March Madness. Maybe two, probably not all three of them, though. West Virginia really needs to go on the road and get this win. But I'm just not sure uh, that they can – pull it off. They have played better on the road 
this year than in years past. But, you know, they still have a great home court advantage. Texas was able to go on the road and win the first game um, when they played there in Morgantown. I think they can win here at home. I think they pull away in the second half. This feels more like close to a double-digit win. This Texas team, I think, as I mentioned before, I'm more thinking about fading them when they're in tough road spots, tough travel spots, maybe when the number gets too big. I just don't think five is too big. I think I'd lay it up to about seven with them personally. Model says 6.2. But like I said, I think this just gets closer to double digits. They've got the better offense. I think they've got the better defense, even though it has regressed from last year. I think they're the better team at home. I think five is a plenty good number to lay. So I'm going to lay it with the Longhorns here in an early spot. Total in this one is 151. Models is 149.6. This is another situation. I mentioned it last week, and I don't remember what the exact number was. The early games here in this slot went under something like five of the seven went under or something like that. This is one that I would potentially look under in general if you're looking for that sleepy early start. Um my only concern with it here is that the tempo should be pretty high in this game. Not quite lightning speed, but still fairly high. Both offenses are better than both defenses. So it's probably a total I think I'd pass on just because if these teams get going, and we saw it with West Virginia in the early slot against Auburn a couple of weeks ago, um, that game had had a little bit of tempo and had plenty of points in it. And so this is another one of those. It is the early slot. I do think in general it's a decent trend uh, to follow, as has been shown, but with West Virginia, and again, Texas playing at a faster pace, these offenses, it's probably a stay away. Again, I still think 151 is too high. So if you made me, I'm going under. But it's just not a comfortable play with these two teams, given that we kind of know what the pace will be. If you're going under, you just got to have to assume that that early slot, you get a few extra misses, and maybe this hangs in the upper 140s. It's kind of what the model thinks, knowing that trend exists. Uh, but it's not the strongest play. I think just laying, it with the, laying the five with the Longhorns is the smartest investment. 1 p.m. Eastern, Kansas at OU. Going to lay the two and a half with the Jayhawks here on the road. If you're looking at how the first game in these series has gone, I'm going to try to mention those when possible or when applicable. You might look at this first matchup between Kansas and Oklahoma and say, Kansas only won this game by four at home the first time around. Here's the thing, though, is that OU shot 60% from two. They didn't hit really many threes, but they still shot 60% from two. Overall, from the floor, they shot 47%. Kansas shot 37% from the floor, 36% from three. Kansas had a pretty average shooting day from three and a below-average shooting day from two. And OU, again, didn't hit any threes, but they shot lights out from two. I don't really expect that same sort of performance. If you kind of normalize those stats and go to season averages based off of um, – shooting percentage four and defensive shooting percentage held to, right? If you kind of normalize it out, Kansas wins that game by a whole lot more than just the four points at home. And so I think what we're going to see here is another kind of about a four point win for Oklahoma and that you do swing a little bit from the game location, but I think that's going to counteract the fact that I don't expect OU to outshoot Kansas quite like that here in this game. I think it should stay tight, but at a number like two and a half, I'm very happy to lay it with the Jayhawks. I'd lay two and a half. I'd lay three. Three and a half and four starts getting a little bit dicier if the number gets up there just because now we're increasing the number of ways that Kansas can win a tight contest and we're either pushing or not winning. Pushes do matter a little bit more here on Saturday. That push protection that I talk about being so valuable, that's really more valuable on a, on a lighter slate, right? On a day like today, we're going to be really thin with where we're putting our units and how we're spreading everything out. So I am more concerned about winning than just pushing. So here I like the fact that we win at three rather than push. If it gets up to three, I still would play Kansas, but it's a little bit less good. Same at three and a half. It gets a four, and now you're thinking, well, even if they win by 
you know, three we lose and four we push. So it just gets a little bit tougher. But the bottom line is I wouldn't take Oklahoma unless I'm getting something closer to five points, which I don't think we're going to get in this situation. So it's really Kansas or pass for me in this one. And again, that first match of the fact that Kansas home by four, not a concern given I think it's really easy to explain. Kansas is just a much better team here. And I'm just not buying into Oklahoma. They had that incredible performance against Alabama. But despite the fact that they've they that one performance, they overperformed by I don't know, like 50 points or something ridiculous because we all kind of thought Alabama would win by about 10, right? And, you know, five, at least five, right? And, and Oklahoma won by like 30. Even when you consider that being thrown into the mix, Oklahoma has still underperformed relative to their model expectations. That's insane to think about the fact that that one game is thrown in there and they're still on average underperforming. I just don't think they're very good. Um, I think that they are, um, they, they have some moments, but they just haven't been able to do it and continuously impress me. I kind of put my faith in them a little bit here recently. It's Oklahoma state thought maybe they're putting it together and they kind of laid an egg there. So I just don't think if they couldn't kind of play better in that game, a team like Kansas is going to have um, their way with them. Kansas is going to struggle a little bit away from home, but I think that's more kind of like I mentioned with just with Texas away from home against that top six set of teams in the Big 12 um, and not a team like Oklahoma. So I think Kansas go on the road to win. I like like a short number here. Total is uh, somewhere in the mid 130s to 140s or expecting it to be. Model says 138. Uh, nothing out as of the time of this recording. Um, but I do think we're going to be approaching 140, maybe getting a little bit over 140 points in this one. Um, kind of an average college basketball game. You do have a pretty good defense in Kansas and a slower pace team in Oklahoma, but Kansas, of course, with a great offense, uh, Oklahoma is not a great defense. Kansas is pushing the pace again, around 140 average number of points seems pretty reasonable for this one. To be Eastern got four games to cover in this slot, pretty jam packed time slot here, kind of as usual. Uh, Clemson at North Carolina going to grab the six and a half with the Tigers on the road. The model says this should be North Carolina minus 5.8. So I love grabbing a number like six and a half benefit as of now it's at even money so six and a half at even money is pretty pretty comparable to getting seven i'm not convinced that north carolina is that much better than clemson i think they might be a little bit better than clemson but i'm just not sure by how much maybe a point maybe two even if you give them two points plus three and a half for home court that makes us five and a half i'm just really hard pressed to see that they're more than two points better than clemson i know that some of the um there might be specific power ratings out there that say they are, but I just think that's relying too much on last year's data. This Clemson team isn't bad. This North Carolina team, just not quite as good as they finished last season. So if you're relying still too heavily on your priors coming in, I think you're kind of missing it here in that I think North Carolina is a solid team. I think they're pretty good. I think Clemson's not that bad either. I just think they're not that far behind them. And so I love getting a, getting a number like this. Obviously with North Carolina and the way that they can play, um, and Clemson, of course, not really going to fall that far behind them on the pace either. There could be a lot of points in this game, and if there are a lot of points, it does increase the probability that North Carolina can pull away. But I just don't really think um, that North Carolina's got the offense to do that and that I don't think their offense is that much better than Clemson's. It's definitely better, but I don't think it's worlds away better. And so I think that Clemson being just a notch behind them offensively allows them to hang in there. They probably lose this game by three, four, or something like that. There's just a lot of ways that Clemson, A, can pull the upset. We've seen it before. North Carolina was favored uh, by about eight and a half, I believe, to 
uh, I guess it was Pittsburgh the, the other day and lost that one outright. So Clemson could just win this outright and it wouldn't be the biggest upset that we've seen of recent against North Carolina uh, or a lot of ways that they can still lose this and we can win the bet if they keep it close. So I'm going to grab the points there with Clemson. Model's been pretty spot on with both these teams. So I think it's number 5.8, around six, five and a half. Is a, makes a lot of sense. That's again about as high as I would go. Uh, with it, if I was making the line myself, I just think six and a half, or again, this is pretty equivalent to seven, given that we got even money with six and a half, just way too high. Too much respect for North Carolina still. Total on this one's 144 and a half, model so 143 and a half. It would be a situation I would go under in. I've been talking about with North Carolina, they've been more of an under team as of late. Now, of course, the reason I'm not playing under is what we saw uh, the other day with North Carolina where they were down and started fouling with two minutes to go. And there were like 40 points scored in the last two minutes. So um, after that, I think playing unders with North Carolina, just a little bit too scary for my taste, but in general, you know, that game aside, they've still been a pretty solid under team and that their offense, again, just isn't quite as good as people thought there, that would be their defense. Isn't bad. Um, they're not quite playing that, uh, you know, hectic style, you know, so they're just not playing as many games as we thought they would play in the 150s, 160s, something like that. So I kind of expect in the low 140s. So again, under would be the way I would look. But again, after what I saw the other day where they start fouling with two minutes to go, it's just too scary for me. It's under or pass, and I'm going to choose pass on the total instead, just back the Tigers at plus six and a half. 2 p.m. Eastern, Rutgers at Illinois. I really see this game playing out very similarly to the Rutgers Indiana game. You know, the slight difference there um, between Illinois and Indiana, I, I'm just not really sure there is much of one. I, I you know, Illinois has played a little bit faster of a pace, I guess. You know, Indiana offense might be a little bit better, Illinois defense might be a little bit better, but I mean, I, it's kind of rounding here. I think Illinois and Indiana are pretty similar teams. And I think this game plays out pretty similar. We saw in that game that Rutgers just not quite able to get over the hump ended up losing that game by six. I think the same thing happens here. I think they're just not quite able to get over the hump against Illinois on the road. Uh, I think they, you know, lose by six. When you look at what Rutgers has done, they, they've had a great season. Obviously they're ranked 24th. Um, they're, they had that massive road win early in the season at Purdue, but since then it's been, they've been good, not great. You know, they, they beat Michigan state at home by six. That's not really saying that much. They went to Iowa and lost. That's not anything to be ashamed of, but they couldn't get it done. Right. They beat Minnesota at home. They lost at Indiana. There's nothing to be ashamed of. They just couldn't get it done there. Right. They beat Penn state at home. That's not that great. They lost at Michigan state. I mean, they beat Ohio state at home. Like there's just nothing really um, great there. They, they beat Maryland at home, but they also lost to Iowa at home. When you just look at the totality of Rutgers, they're a solid team, but I just don't think they're at the quality of this Illinois team that, that I think is pretty good. Um, I think they are that notch ahead of Rutgers, who, again, just doesn't really have a lot to hang their hat on. We did see Illinois last week lose at Iowa. Again, I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. They also lost by two. They kept it incredibly close. But otherwise, Illinois is just mostly taking care of business. The one exception to that of late, um, losing to Indiana. Indiana's been a pretty strong team though not they've gotten fully healthy otherwise they've just been taking care of business they've been winning by large numbers for the most part getting a couple of key road wins in there not a lot of close scares i just like what i've seen from this Illinois team i think they're a notch ahead of rutgers i think at home i really think this number should be more like four four and a half model says 3.7 i still think that's closer than two and a half so i love laying two and a half here with the Illini. Um, total on this one, 130.5. Models is 
I wouldn't touch. I think it's low thirties makes a low one thirties makes a lot of sense. If it drops into the one twenties, maybe you go over just out of principle. But again, knowing that Rutgers just played a game against Indiana that was at one twenty six, and like I said, I think this game plays out pretty similarly. I think Illinois, you know, might play a little faster, but a little better defense kind of balances out. I don't really want to go over unless it drops, you know, 128, 127, you know, something like that, where it's not at right now. So right now it's a pass for me in the total. just going to lay it with the Illini. Also, 2 p.m. Eastern, Alabama at Auburn. I'm going to lay, lay the two and a half with Alabama. Model says 3.4. Um, look, Alabama seems to me like a team that you're either going to get great Alabama and they're just going to wipe the floor with you or they don't show up against Oklahoma and they lose by 30. If, if we see a repeat of that performance and Auburn beats them by 20 on their home court and it's a replay of that OU game, I mean, apparently, I guess we're going to get that Alabama. Here's the thing is most nights we don't. Most nights we get really good Alabama and really good Alabama might be the best team in the country. I talked about it before that game. I thought they were the clear number one team in the country. After that, you had to kind of pause a little bit and, and throw Houston back into discussion. But since then, Alabama has looked like a team on a mission. This is a rivalry game. They're not likely going to fall asleep on it if there was any lack of energy, excitement, preparation, whatever for that OU game, thinking that they could just walk onto that court and win because OU wasn't one of the Big 12's better teams. I don't know what it was, you know, just an off night, whatever, or off day, whatever, right? I don't know. But whatever it was, you're not going to have to hear um, from a motivational standpoint, from a focus standpoint, maybe they don't hit. But gosh, most nights it seems like Alabama's hitting. They're getting good shots and they're falling and they're just a really, really good team. I love laying the two and a half here with Alabama, even though it's on the road. I know it's a rivalry game, but I think they can win. And I just don't think there's many. There's just not many ways that they win the game and lose this. I'm not sure it's particularly close given what I've seen from Alabama. Auburn's a very solid team, but that's I think they're just very solid and Alabama has, for the most part, when things have gone well for them, they've destroyed even solid teams. I think this is a you know, five to 10 point win for Alabama, probably on average, maybe even in the low double digits. Model only says 3.4, but I just think that two and a half offers tremendous value. I'd love laying three as well, even if it got out to that. I think they run away with it. I'm on the Crimson Tide here. I just think their offense is just going to be unstoppable, that pace of play puts too much pressure on Auburn's defense. Auburn's defense is pretty good, um, but even then, Alabama's defense rates out better. So it's just one of those things where you've got a drastically better offense, a drastically better defense according to the efficiency metrics. I know it's on the road, but Alabama should win, and I think they pull away in the second half on this one. Total here is 148.5. Models is 145.5. Auburn's actually been going over as of late. Um, so it's probably not a total that I would touch here because the model would end up going under a number like 140 and a half. But given that Auburn's gone over and given that Bama in general can put up a floppity billion points, it seems like it's not an under bet that I want to make. The reason why Alabama's point totals have been pretty spot on as of late because that defense I talked about has been pretty good and been holding teams down. So it's just a total that I'm just not really sure how it plays out. Again, the model here is expecting an average game of 75 to 71, something like that. I don't know. I, I'm just not sure Auburn can get to 71. That gives, makes me go under, but I think Alabama might get to 80. So that would tell you to go over. So like I said, I think it's a pass for me on the total. If you have an angle on which one of those you think is more or less likely to happen, again, I would probably project something like 80 to 70, and that puts you pretty close to the total here. I think Alabama can pull away. I, I just don't see anybody stopping them, really, unless it's a, a game like Oklahoma where they just can't hit, just don't seem to show up. Might happen, but it doesn't happen that often. So I'll take my chances here and lay it with the Tide.
Last one here in this time slot, 2 p.m. Eastern. UConn and Creighton, this is the one I teased earlier, right? UConn, we faded them earlier in the week. They played a fantastic game. They shot over 50% from three. And, you know, it is what it is. When that, Like I said at the top of the show, there's a reason why I say that exact statement. And I mentioned it last week. I mentioned it the week before. And I'm going to say it again right here. One of these games, one of these teams is going to hit like 50% from three or like 5% from three. And we aren't going to stand a chance. It's not even going to be close. It is what it is. And there's nothing we can do about it because we're not going to project that. We're not going to predict that a team does that, right? If anything, you might, maybe there's like a Utah state out there that you might would project that you're not the craziest thing in the world, but in general, those aren't the types of things you expect. I mean, that game, UConn had like big guys out there from deep, you know, launching and nothing but net. I mean, it was just, everything was falling. It was just a great night. Tip your cap and move on. That's going to happen when you're betting college basketball. We don't expect that type of performance to continue to happen though. I'm going to lay the four with Creighton. I think UConn's getting too much respect for that game. UConn's still a good team. I wouldn't say they're not a good team, but I think UConn's getting too much respect for that really impressive performance. And it's almost like people are thinking, oh, well, UConn's back, and that's what they're going to do going forward now. Maybe they're going to start playing better. They sure were playing not very good for the previous month to two months, whatever it was. But I don't think they're going to hit over 50% from three night in and night out going forward. That doesn't mean they won't in this game. You never know what's going to happen in one game, of course, but I'll take my chances that they don't hit over 50% from three. I'll take my chances that that's not anywhere near what's going to happen if they revert back to their normal season average. Creighton has been a buzzsaw this year, and I think they they are playing really well right now. Obviously, they're hoping they can continue that into March, but this Creighton team just looks dominant right now. And unless UConn does hit around 50% from three, I think they might get run out of the building from this Creighton team. I really like what I've seen from Creighton. I loved UConn early in the season. There's nothing against UConn. It's just I don't, I'm not buying in yet that they're that, that they fixed all their problems. It was one great game. But again, I think it was one great game, mostly fueled by great three-point shooting that changed the complexion of the game. Again, hats off, but I need to see that more consistently. I need to see them dominate without it just being all three-point shots where they just jump out to a huge first-half lead and can coast, right? I, I need to see a little bit more from them. And if they do, I'll, I'll I, you know, tip my cap and we'll be back on them. But until then, I'm just not sold that UConn is right. I am sold that Creighton is right. doesn't mean they win. It just means I really like what I've seen from Creighton. Laying a number like four at home seems like a gift. Personally, I think they win this by somewhere close in the seven to 10 range. Model says only three. But again, the model is looking at this from a considering what UConn did at the start of the season, which again, for the most part, isn't what we've seen. And it's considering a lot of what UConn did when they weren't fully healthy, which isn't what we've seen now. So the model kind of taking a holistic view says Creighton minus three. But if I were to change this and say, let's just look at the last month, the model would say Creighton minus five, minus six. And that's about what I think. I don't have the model do that in general, because in general, that's not a smart way to play things. If you just look at the last eight games, you, you, all that other data does tell you something, and it absolutely does. What it tells us about UConn, it tells us that peak UConn is really, really good, and I would never deny that. And it tells us that not 100% Creighton is very questionable. That in, That's data and information, but in this case, I'm not sure how relevant that information is given what we've seen as of late. So I really think Creighton minus four is a great investment. I will be the side I'm on. Total 142 models is 142 and a half. Not a total I want any part of. I think it should be a tight contest. I think around 140 points makes a lot of sense. I think Creighton pulls away in the second half. Again, assuming that we don't get such a great performance from UConn from three. Uh, I think at Creighton, I think in Omaha, I think they can get the job done. 4 p.m. Eastern Duke at Virginia. I'm going to grab the five and a half with the Dukies here. Virginia is really good. Um, 
it's interesting in this one, we faded both these teams a lot. I think both have been a little bit overrated. Um, we haven't profited a ton fading both of these teams. We're one game above 500 fading, eight and seven fading Duke, nine and eight fading Virginia. So we've technically profited if you just, if you faded them every time the model has said to, not a lot. Um, I think they've been a little bit overvalued, but both these teams are pretty good, obviously. Um, Duke, you never really know what you're going to get from them, right? We saw on Monday that Miami game. I think we're getting a little bit of extra value here because I think people are letting that cloud their judgment a little bit. But as Jake and I talked on show heading into that game, why we liked Miami so much was just, it was a terrible spot for Duke, such a short turnaround from that North Carolina game. And obviously that's just a big rivalry. I don't think we see that Duke. Um, I think Miami was able to do to Duke and make them uncomfortable in certain specific ways that Virginia isn't. They're two very different teams and Virginia has got a really efficient offense, but Virginia and Miami, they do it in different ways. Offensively, their efficiency is different. Obviously their pace of play is drastically different. I just think they are different teams and different setup. I think that Duke is going to be able to hang around this game on the road. I'm not sure they pull it off, but getting five and a half, they don't even have to win. Again, there's a lot of ways they can win the bet without winning the game. I think they might pull the upset, but even if they don't, I think they hang around. And at that point, I'm just crossing my fingers that there's not any crazy late game fouls that get this out to six, seven, eight, something like that. They hang around. There's a lot of ways we can cover this five and a half. It gets too many points. I really think this number should be more like four and a half to five. Like I said, I think we're getting just a little bit of extra value on Duke. Rarely, I feel like we rarely get value on Duke because of the shellacking they took on national TV Monday. And in general, this is one of those classic, you know, not that you always want to fade a team and, and zigzag from what happened, but from national TV, sometimes you do simply because you get a little bit of extra value. It doesn't mean it's always going to work, but in general, if you can get a little bit of extra value on that, oh, this team looked terrible last time and everyone's against them, that if that drives the number up a little bit, you get a little extra value in the long run, that can be the difference between a break-even season and a profitable season or a losing season and a break-even season, right? All, all the little incremental gains that we're trying to get here as being smart sports better. So I'm going to grab the five and a half with Duke. I think it makes too much sense. Model says 5.7, but this is one of those, I just don't know what I'm going to get from Duke. Virginia doesn't play fast, which prevents them from winning by a lot often. They did cover that last game, laying a big number. That doesn't mean that they'll cover all of them, though. I just think in general, grabbing five and a half makes a lot of sense with Duke. Uh, no total out for this one that I, see, that I see as of yet, but the model says 128. So definitely if it was in the 130s, I'd be going under. Um, if it's in the upper 120s, I think it's a pretty solid number. Also, 4PM Eastern, Baylor at TCU. We don't yet know about Miles for TCU. I'm going to assume he's out on something like this until we know he's back in. I'm going to continue to assume he's out. Even if he's back in, I'm going to assume it's not going to be at 100%. We saw it with Lampkin, who came back last game for TCU, played a little less than half the game. I think he scored like one bucket at like a couple of rebounds. I mean, just was a non-factor. You know, he's just a big body down there. But he clearly was not 100% when TCU played Kansas State. TCU got the doors blown off of him. And, and I think that the – that was on the road, right? So that gave Kansas State a little bit more of an advantage here. This is at least at home. But I think Baylor can get the job done and win here on the road. It's a short road trip. TCU doesn't really have a big home court edge. Not that Baylor does either. But this isn't going to be a huge home court edge like we see in a lot of the Big 12 places. Stillwater, Morgantown, out in Lubbock, um, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State. Got some great home court edges, right? But not one here in TCU. 
And without Miles, they are just a very different team. There's a reason he was the preseason Big 12 player of the year. He completely changes that team and is just a huge part of it. If he's in there 100%, Lampkin's in there 100%, TCU's favorite in this game, probably by you know four or something like that. But as it is, Lampkin, we still don't know if he's going to be 100%. Now, I do think he'll be closer, given he's had a couple days since to recover, but he still may not even be 100%. And again, without Miles, or at least a a fully healthy miles. Even he comes back, like I said, I'm not expecting him to be full strength. This TCU team just is not nearly as good as they are at full strength. At full strength, like I said, I think they might be one of the top, they might be the best team in the Big 12. Um, that's not what they are right now. Baylor's looking really good. Got a great chance to have a road win here. I love laying a point and a half. I'd lay two, maybe two and a half. Once we get above three, three's again, I think really a pass point for me because kind of like I talked about earlier, I don't really there's a little bit extra value of not pushing and getting the win here on a day where we're going to be spread pretty thin monetarily because of all the action out there. Um, I definitely wouldn't lay more than three with Baylor. That doesn't mean I take that with TCU because Baylor might win by double digits because again, the impact of miles not being there is so big. Um, so it's Baylor or pass. I think at this number, I think it's great. Even if it goes up a little bit more, I think that's fine, but I wouldn't just, I wouldn't chase it too much because if Baylor ends up winning a close one, that wouldn't surprise me. Laying one and a half though, the probability they won by one, is only around 3%. So I'll take that risk and lay the one and a half uh, here with the Bears. Projected total on this one for the model, 146. Don't know what to do with the total on this one because TCU just playing a little bit different without Miles and again, how he affects that team. So um, 146 might be a little too high. Maybe it should be more in the low 140s. Um, given how he's going to affect that. So either way, there's just a lot of variance in this total and probably not one I would want to invest in. 6 p.m. Eastern, Indiana at Michigan. I'm going to grab the point and a half with Indiana. I, I, I think there's a little bit of a misconception here around road and home Indiana. Home Indiana obviously has played really well. They destroyed Michigan State. They destroyed Wisconsin. They beat Purdue. They just got through beating Rutgers. Um, but also earlier this year, home Indiana lost to Northwestern. Right. And people talk about road Indiana. You know, they got destroyed at Penn State, you know, and that wasn't good. They lost at Maryland, um, but they also beat Illinois by 15. So I think there's a little bit of like misconception here on this Indiana team. I think they're like most teams in college basketball, most teams in the Big in the Big Ten, which is. They play better at home. They play worse on the road. There's nothing new there. That's factored into the model. Um, we already know that 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 happens, right? I just don't think there's anything different. When I look at Michigan, I kind of see the same thing. It's team that plays a little bit better at home than they do on the road, but I don't really think there's anything more to it than that. Um, I just, I don't see it. I think it, maybe you've got two, for every two examples where they look good at home, you've got one that did bad. And every two examples look bad on the road, you got one that they look good. And again, that aligns with teams play better at home than on the road, right? So again, that is built into the model. Model says Indiana wins this game 51% of the time. So give me the point and a half every day, maybe plus odds in the money line, plus 105, even money, something like that. I think they go on the road and win. I think they're just a much better team than Michigan. I think Michigan is solid. I kind of see Michigan, like what's talk about Rutgers, you know, Rutgers hanging their hat on that, on that one Purdue win. Michigan don't really think they've got quite the thing to hang their hat on. Obviously, a road win against Purdue is maybe the most impressive thing anybody can say all season, or, or one of them, right? Um, but I just think they're a solid team. Um, I really like what I've seen from this Indiana team, though, as of late. I know they lost at Maryland, um, 
but in general, overall of late, they've looked really good. If you're, and, and I, I personally, and, and I, I'm not saying that they win this game, right? Anything can happen in sports. If we're going to use the logic of they lost at Maryland, and so now they're going to lose their next road game, then we would have said they lost at Penn State, and then what was their next road game one week later? They beat Illinois by 15. So I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying, again, I think all data points are relevant. The ones that are more recent are worth a little bit more. My point just being, I don't think we should use, they lost their last road game at Maryland, they're going to lose this one because that logic clearly didn't hold earlier when they lost at Penn State and they beat Illinois. I, I just think that's yeah, faulty logic. Um, they aren't as good on the road at home. No team is. Um, I think they're a lot better than Michigan. I think if this was a road game um, against one of the top teams in the Big Ten, a little bit of a different story. I think Maryland's better than Michigan. I think Indiana can go on the road and get the road win here that they weren't able to do their last time out on the road. Getting a point and a half is a great investment. I'd even lay a point and a half. I wouldn't really lay more than that because, again, now we're talking about might win a tight contest, but I just think it's more likely than not the Hoosiers win. So that's where I want my money, especially at plus one and a half against a team in Michigan who I'm just not convinced is in the same tier as Indiana. I don't think the home court is going to make up for it and get the, the victory. Which takes us to overtime. Putting this game here, A, because it's late at night, and B, there's no line on it yet out. So UCLA at Oregon, 10 p.m. Eastern, going to talk about this game and how I'm going to play it. No line, no official pick as of yet, but the model says UCLA minus 3.6, and I think that is a fantastic number. Three and a half is my pivot point. That's my pass point. At three, I would lay three with UCLA. At four, I would take four with the Ducks. I don't always love the line that sideline makes on these power six games. It's really tight. There's a lot of times where I look at it and I say, I think it's off by a point or two. These are the games that we're all diving into. We all can digest. And, and we have ex examples of that earlier, right? I talked about the Creighton one where it said three and I said, I'm laying four. I'd even lay a little bit more than that, right? Or potentially, you know, the Texas game, right? The model says 6.2. I say I'd even lay seven, right? So I don't always agree perfectly with the model. Again, I think it's a great tool, but I'm not going to always say it's perfectly spot on. This one I think is really good. I think three and a half is a great number. If it's three and a half, I'm passing, shopping around, waiting for a better number. But if I could like three or less, I think that makes a lot of sense with UCLA. They're a better team on the road. But if I can get four more with Oregon, I say they're not bad. I like what I saw from Oregon against USC. USC was shorthanded, but Oregon did exactly what they needed to do in that game, which was play stellar defense, take care of business, and just handle uh, again, a shorthanded UCLA team. And so if I'm getting a big enough number, again, I, I'd like a little bit more than four, obviously, but if I'm getting four, five, something like that, I say, hey, Oregon might pull the upset and they might keep it close. Getting too many points makes a lot of sense. So four more, I'm on Oregon. But if I could lay three or less with UCLA, I still say they're just the better team. And I think there's fewer ways that they win by a short number. So three and a half is my number for this. That's how I'm sticking to it. First time these two teams played, UCLA won by uh, nine at home. I think that is probably pretty accurate. And again, that's why I said I think three and a half is a pretty good number. That flips you from home to road. Uh, I think that, that sidelines number here is really good. And so no number yet, no official pick, but that's how I'm playing. So hopefully that helps you out for your late night college basketball action. And that's all I've got for you here today. Thanks for tuning into this episode. of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content we've brought on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. See you again for Monday college basketball betting action. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.